0: Brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast. All right, everybody. For bull happy Monday. Hopefully, and everybody hunting had stories a great from across the nation. And, hopefully everybody and now, had an here's your nine fingered host, at least talk Dan their Johnson. Mother and wish them a happy Mother's Day or the mother of your children or whatever. Uh, my Mother's Day was kind of wet and rainy. We did get out uh, and go on a, a very short, but much needed hike got some fresh air the kids got to throw some rocks in the water i don't know what it is about throwing rocks in the water but i love doing it my kids love doing it and uh, so we got to do that Uh, then we kind of headed home after we got some groceries and because of the rain uh, that prevented us from going mushroom hunting and so we stayed in watched a movie and just chilled went on a walk after that and uh next thing you knew the day was over so hopefully everybody got hey you know everybody had a great mother's day and a good weekend big week here at the uh, nine finger chronicles Podcast man we got a bunch of good content coming not only on the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast but on the Sportsman's Nation as well. So uh keep an eye out or ear out. I don't I always say I keep an eye out for that. But you should keep an ear out because you're listening and you're not looking. But anyway, I'm tired and I've been yelling at my kids all day long. I don't know. I've for the parents out there, I've had one of those days. Where I felt like my kids were straight up testing me. They didn't care what I said. If I said, okay, you can't do that, they would say no and try to, you know, defy me. Or, you know, if I said, okay, here's your milk, I want juice. If I said, here's your juice, I want milk. If I said, you want some ice cream, no, I want candy. It it was. It was a very hard day uh, on Saturday, and (laughs) I'm telling you what, man, parenting is frustrating. And that's why I love the outdoors, because I can take a walk outside and get some much-needed silence or, I don't know, therapy. I'll call it therapy, but it's much-needed that I can reset, and then I can go back to being a dad and a husband and uh man i tell you what that's just one straight up reason why i love i love hunting and um it allows me the the opportunity to reset and uh i don't know about you but that's something that i need all the time especially in a high stress work environment a high stress family i mean life in general is kind of stressful even though we try to make it not stressful but Enough of that. Today's podcast, man, we're going to be talking to Dan Bourne. Now, I introduced Dan Bourne on this podcast. He is going to be a contributor to the blog, the Sportsman's Nation blog. He's going to be doing some writing about um, Hunt the Nation profiles, and we're going to explain that in this podcast what they are and why you should be interested in it he's going to do some other writing for us and then he's going to talk to us about his involvement in the Backcountry hunters and anglers association or that organization and uh he's going to recap the rendezvous that went down in uh Bo- yeah it was boise idaho yeah uh so he's going to recap the uh the rendezvous that went down he's a contributor to the website he's going to talk about it and to be honest with you it's one of those organizations that I have really thought about joining I haven't done anything yet but um, I don't know why I haven't it's affordable it's like only 25 bucks to join um, so I think that's something that uh, I wanna become associated with and uh, so Dan talks about what backhunters Backcountry Hunters and Anglers is, first and foremost, and uh, if you find that interesting, you should go check it out. Also, QDMA, man, um, the QDMA is giving a $10 discount to all of the listeners of the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, so it's, it's going from $35 to $25, and you need to enter the discount code 9FINGERS. That's the number 9 followed by the word FINGERS. No, FINGER. It's the number 9 followed by the word FINGER. F-I-N-G-E-R. 9FINGER. And that's going to allow you a $10 discount, dropping it down to $25 to join the QDMA. And just remember Ladies and gentlemen, the QDMA is not just for landowners and people who have the ability to lease ground or own ground. It's for all deer hunters, public ground hunters, permission hunters, run and gun. You know, it's for everybody and the the association uh, itself is focused on whitetail deer, keeping our traditions and all that stuff. So... Please, 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 please take advantage of that discount. Go sign up to become a member of the QDMA today. And what else? Commercial time. And today's commercial is Wasp Archery. Now, you guys have heard me talk about Wasp Archery and my love for the Boss 4-Blade. That's what I've shot the past two years. One hell of a, a broadhead, man. I'm telling you what. Knock it just kicks the shit out of whatever it hits okay and that's a big deal they're sharp now here's the kicker that a lot of other companies don't do these broadheads are made in america with literally the highest quality material that money can buy and that's straight out of the mouth of the people that work for wasp high quality products Um, made by high quality people in the United States that's a win-win situation and uh, they have mechanicals and fixed blades so head over to wasparchery.com and check out their lineup of mechanicals and fixed blades that uh, might be you know you might have interest in Go buy some. And uh, when you find out what you want to buy, or do your research, find out what you want to buy, then enter the discount code nine fingers. That's the number nine, followed by the word fingers. And you're going to receive 20% off of your purchase. That's a big deal. Take advantage of that. Wasparchery.com. Now, enough of the chit chat. Let's get into today's. I don't even know what we're going to call this uh, Dan Bourne Talks B H A. Slash introduction to the blog slash I don't know two dudes talking about hunting and whatever. Anyway, here is the podcast starting now. All right, on the phone with me today, Mister Dan Bourne. How you doing today, Dan?
1: Good, Dan. How's it going with you?
0: It's going pretty good, man. Now I have to I have to do a proper introduction because you're although you've been on the podcast before, you are now an official. Member, uh, family member, so to speak, of the Sportsman's Nation. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're going to be doing for the Sportsman's Nation uh, website and blog?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's I'm really excited. You know, after we spoke last, I think uh, last August, uh, you brought up the idea of having a providing some written content on as as like a blog on Sportsman's Nation, and um, I, you know we'd love to help. So this kind of came together really well for both of us, I hope. But, uh, so, uh, you know, in terms of written content, we're going to be doing some pretty cool stuff. I think, uh, not only writing about topics and, uh, things that are important to hunters, uh, hopefully making other hunters more successful in the field, but also uh, what something I'm really excited about is profiling hunters as part of, uh, I think we're calling it what are we calling it hunt the nation
0: yeah hashtag hunt the nation
1: yeah so hashtag hunt the nation based off of people i find on instagram who have you know really cool hunting stories that they're sharing on instagram so uh, we've got a couple profiles up of some folks already um we got this uh, guy named bob smith on the website already who builds uh, i think he has his business is big stick archery he builds some really nice custom uh stick bows and we've got hunters from minnesota and some up-and-comers from other states that share their hunters hunting stories through their photographs on instagram so it's uh i'm really excited for it
0: so with that said, if you, a listener, would like to be featured in one of these writings or hopefully be featured because not everybody who uses the hashtag is going to get it. But um, if you th- feel you have an intriguing story, something interesting, um, in some of your Instagram posts, go ahead and use the hashtag, hashtag #huntthenation. the nation. And uh, Dan here is going to – he'll search every once in a while through that hashtag on Instagram. And he'll look at your profiles, and if he feels that you have a a cool story or something to share, he's gonna contact you and write an article about you so um as of right now, go and check out the blog on sportsman'snation dot com and uh, check out some of the articles that he's already written some of the those uh, hunt the nation articles as well as what was the the most recent one that you've wrote for us
1: uh I did a little piece on um private land types that are open to public hunting in Wyoming. So um, Wyoming has this cool program, it's called the Access Yes and it's a program that uh, landowners uh, can become part of that opens up private land to public hunters. It's a a really cool resource if you're planning a hunting trip in Wyoming and especially if you're doing a do-it-yourself public land hunt these uh, publicly accessible private lands are a great way to get on some really good hunting properties and uh, the land itself isn't calculated in the state's uh, I guess total acreage of public land so not everyone takes these these little pieces of private, into consideration when they're looking at units to apply. So while it's not exactly a big secret, uh, I think they do go underutilized, especially by out-of-state hunters.
0: Nice. So for you, you went on a antelope hunt, what was it, this last fall or the fall before?
1: Uh, Three years running now. My dad and I go to Wyoming.
0: Okay. Now, did you take advantage of this Access Yes uh, program uh, when you were out hunting?
1: Yeah. Uh, the first year actually, uh, in 15, uh, we were in a unit, uh, we bought leftover tags, uh, a unit of very low public land uh, opportunity. And it was essentially a, a one mile by seven mile area. That was a mix of public land, state land and these private landowners coming together and opening it to hunters. And, uh, it was really the majority of our hunt was, was in that area. Uh, in the last couple of years, um, same thing, different units, but uh, we utilize it a lot. The unit we hunted last year has, I think, twenty-five to 30,000 acres of this private land open to public hunters. So uh, we used a lot. I shot my antelope uh, off of uh, one of those sections last year.
0: Oh, man, that's pretty cool. I mean, you would never find a program like that. Uh, I don't think a program like that would necessarily work in to the scale that it's ha- it's happening in Wyoming but I don't think like an eastern that that would ever h- take hold on an eastern level just because there's the the everything else is so condensed on the east in the Midwest you know there's smaller parcels and you know everybody has a, a little section to hunt even in Iowa right they're uh, bigger bigger ground but at the same time uh, I feel like every piece has a hunter on it already.
1: Uh, for sure. Yeah. The scope is really big out there too. And, and quite honestly we've hunted, you know, typically we hunt second week of the season and it's not like it's overrun with hunters either. You see, you run into guys once in a while, but, um, there's plenty of room out there and, uh, relatively easy to draw tags tag. this unit I'm in. So you could foresee a bit going a hunt almost every year, if not every other year for, for antelope draw a tag and get on these these private uh areas um how it works essentially is the when you apply for a license in wyoming you're given the opportunity to donate uh whether it's one dollar ten dollars a hundred dollars whatever you want to this program and that money is then used to uh essentially pay the landowner pay is maybe not the right word for it but uh, the landowners get a bit of a stipend to let people access their property from the state or from these donations. So it's, it's really hunters funding this as well, which is really cool.
0: Wow. Man, that is something that's, that's pretty cool. And it's something I'm, I'm going to definitely be looking into because I got some points some preference points built up for Wyoming and uh, it's definitely something I'm going to be uh, looking into now that you've brought that up. But if you, if you guys are interested In reading Dan's Writings uh, especially this Access Yes program go to Sportsmansnation.com Hashtag or slash Blog and there you'll find uh, So far Dan is the only uh, Provider of content so It's uh, your writings Aren't hard to find but uh, we have The hashtag Hunt the Nation uh, Profiles and we have This uh, Access Yes program article as Well and I think It if I'm not mistaken, you're going to st- you're you're going to continue to put out written articles on almost a weekly basis, right?
1: Yeah, that's the goal. Whether it's um, talking to other hunters as part of the Hunt the Nation hashtag series, uh, which I'm really excited about, as well as you know writing articles on just topical information. Yeah. For uh, I'm hoping I'm, I'm kind of a scattered brain dude, so I like to look at everything. It's going to be you know Western hunting. Uh, eastern whitetail hunting maybe some fishing if that's cool you know just anything that kind of sparks my interest and I hope would be uh, interesting for uh, for you know fans of the
0: nation that's right man all right so today we're going to be talking a little bit about backcountry hunters and anglers Um, and you recently went out to Idaho to their rendezvous and I want to talk about that uh, today as well but first I want to talk about what your involvement is with that organization and what, you know, for the people who don't know what is Backcountry Hunters and Anglers.
1: All right, so I'm a I guess first and foremost kind of in this conversation I'm coming at it definitely from a member standpoint, right? Like I don't speak officially for them in any way. I'm just an engaged member who likes to uh who likes this organization quite a bit. Uh I am part of the Minnesota chapter, I'm a board member for the state. Uh, Our chapter is about 700 people, which is about double what it was when I joined two years ago. Uh, BHA as a whole, our Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, we'll say BHA, uh, you know, it's a organization that advocates for public land access. It's not a species specific organization like say Rocky Mountain Up Foundation or Wild Turkey Federation. It looks at landscapes and the importance of keeping these landscapes uh, public, you know publicly held and open to the public. Um, it began, I believe, in two thousand four around a campfire in Oregon uh, uh, I think five years ago there was somewhere around two thousand members, and now we're up to twenty thousand members wow, uh, which is it's essentially a doubling of membership every year, year after year.
0: It's been uh, really exciting to be part of and really exciting to watch. Yeah.
1: I really, Uh, I think we're,
0: I really like what these organizations are doing. Um, like fighting for the right to use the public land. Um, because I I've had this conversation with you over the phone, but, um, I I've known about it, but I didn't really, uh, do any research on it until recently about all this uh especially in wyoming all this landlocked private ground that's owned by the blm or forestry service or whatever that is un you know no one can access it because it's surrounded by private ground so it's basically like the landowners are holding it hostage so no one can use it and um from my understanding, BHA is like really an advocate to work on how to get people to access those, that land.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it, it, that topic specifically, like when you go to Wyoming and let some of these easier to draw uh, tag units, whether it's intentional or not, a lot of the, a lot of state land, especially in BLM sections are, are locked up. Like you say, with surrounded by private land, there's no access. Um, that is pretty common uh to an extreme example if you look at the durfee hills in montana yep. uh, that is you know essentially some some uh texas billionaire oil intentionally buying land around some of the best elk hunting country in the country with the purpose of locking people out that's you know yeah. i think a lot of the times these things are kind of by chance it's just how it worked out in this case, in Montana, with the Durfee Hills, it's an intentional plan to, to essentially take public land from public landowners from all of us, and keep it for themselves and for, I'm assuming, their, their customers that, they, they, you know, that pay to hunt on their property. Yeah, yeah.
0: So it's almost like that, because this dude bought all this ground, he not only bought the ground, but he has sole access to that, that range or whatever it is that uh, is blocked off
1: yeah literally the only way you can get onto that uh property right now and it is some of the best elk hunting out there is to rent a helicopter and fly in um you know much the consternation of the landowners it's completely legal because it really is your property and, and my property and everyone's everyone's property um i know randy newberg on his show i think yep. did I've that exact that thing yeah um so that's kind of an extreme example um but other other cases it's just uh You know trying to make sure that that all this land that's held in the public trust and managed by the federal government whether it's uh blm forest service that it stays uh ours because you know it, it is ours right now and we would like to keep it that way
0: so right right so as a board member of the the minnesota chapter what uh what are your responsibilities uh
1: well Myself and, and fellow board members, uh, you know, everyone, everyone is family men and women and, and have jobs and careers. So it's not something we can do full time, but we all put our energy into it. Uh, the main focus right now is to really engage the rest of our members around the state, as well as, you know, hopefully bring a new, mem- new membership. Um, one of the big things uh, BHA as a whole has done is they're called pint nights. So we'll, you know, put a, put the word out that we're having a pint night at a local uh, like brewery, and people show up, to exchange stories, drink some beers, maybe raffle off some prizes, raffle off some equipment, hunting equipment, um, and just kind of share each other's experience on, on public lands. Uh, right. That's a good driver of recruitment for new members. Right. Uh, most recently, uh, board uh, Minnesota board member uh, specifically, his name is Eric Jensen. We or, he organized um, a public lands day at the state capitol in St. Paul, where we had a couple hundred, you know, blaze orange wearing uh, deer and pheasant duck hunters show up at the state capitol grounds, have a rally for uh, public lands. specifically the importance of public lands for hunting and uh, try to kind of beat the drums a bit and keep the word out.
0: Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, so if somebody, you know, wants to join uh, this organization or find out more, where should we send them?
1: Uh, we'll definitely go to the website. Um, I Man, I don't, I should probably know it off the top of my head, but I think it's just, if you just Google backcountry hunters and anglers, you'll get there. Uh, and then there's uh, also local estate chapters. I believe there's 40, we have 41 chapters across 39 states as well as two Canadian provinces. So, uh there's contacts there to not only join like everyone you know, it's it's awesome when people just say hey, I want to join this. So I'll pay my $25 a year and that's that's it and that's great. But if you wanted to get engaged, definitely contact your local BHA chapter and um really this whole thing is driven by volunteers. It's driven by people saying, "Hey, um I'm up in Brainerd, Minnesota. I want to have a pint night. Uh how do I do it? And it it's done by the volunteers, by the membership. So it's right. it's a really cool way to engage.
0: Absolutely, man. That's awesome. All right. So, recently the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers had a rendezvous out. Where was it at? Boise, Idaho.
1: Yep. Okay. Boise this year. Yep. Boise,
0: Idaho. Why don't you tell us a little bit, share with share with us a little bit about what that rendezvous was all about. What were some of the topics covered? Um, why was it so important to uh, the BHA?
1: Oh, sure. So this is my second rendezvous. Last year was uh, my first one in Missoula that I went to. And when I went there, I just, when I left, I just left feeling super energized uh, and thought, well, I got to come back again this year. So this year, uh, it was in Boise, uh, about... I think 1,500 to 2,000 people showed up for the main core weekend. It's a three, four day event um, where BHA members can come and, and, you know, meet with the national board and discuss topics as well as attend, uh, you know, conferences and kind of speaking lectures from really some of the biggest names in the industry. And then in the evening, there's usually something cool going on like a, a, this, I think it was called uh, Beers, Bands, and Public Lands, which was a, a giant beer fest right in downtown Boise uh, where I think somewhere like 5,000 people showed up. And then there's uh, storytelling events uh, over the weekend by folks like uh, Stephen Rinella, uh had, had told a, a great story, kind of capstone to the storytelling event. Uh, Remy Warren was there. Uh, Randy Newberg uh, was there as well. Um, and it's just a really cool chance for people to hang out and talk about these issues. Um, man, I could go over the whole schedule with you, but it is just, it was just so packed. It's hard to even, uh, it's hard to choose, right. What you want to go see, but, um, there's vendors from across the sporting or hunting, um, landscape, uh, Kimber is a big presence there. First light, uh, man just there's just so much so many businesses step up and kind of say, "Hey, you know we're here to support you guys and uh kind of join us in that mission right um, this year really the the big thing and it was really impactful was uh man, I'm probably gonna destroy this name, but Yvonne Shenard, who is the uh, founder of Patagonia,
0: yeah, I heard that
1: uh, showed up and and I mean to some people that might seem a bit contentious but uh as part of that storytelling event, which kind of capped off the the weekend, he, he told this great story about, you know, fishing and hunting around the world and, and raising his kids to, you know, to eat wild game and to kill efficiently and to respect life. So he had all these cool stories, but it really was a, a rallying call to not only hunters and anglers, but all outdoor users saying, hey, it's time for us to put our little differences aside and join together to, you know, to keep public public lands open to all of us. So it was, it was a really powerful, powerful story and powerful, uh, uh, speaking, speaking engagement. Right.
0: So I take it, you know, when I think, uh, if you, Patagonia or, or he's from Patagonia, right? Or he's the, Yep, yeah, he, he founded Patagonia, yeah, Pat, founded Patagonia. You know, when I think Patagonia, I don't necessarily think hunting or fishing. So, you know, the, and then you have the, the, the name of the organization, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. However, the, this organization sounds like it's more than just for hunters and anglers. It's for all people who support and actually use public lands.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, whether you're out, mountain biking hiking camping fishing you know uh picking huckleberries you know right. any kind of user right it's really something that that hopefully we'd like to reach out to everybody to get behind um it, and it's not just about feel good stuff right it's not just about coming together and hugging and and, and saying how much we love public land it, this is a major economic driver yeah. using public lands elder outdoor industry it, is a huge economic driver, and um, it's the art that using that argument is going to be the one that wins it for us. It's right. just how much money everyone pumps into this, into the into outdoor recreation and hunting, and that is done through public land access.
0: Right, right. I read a article, man, and I, I wish I could notate it better, but this was several years ago. I want to say two, maybe three years ago, where um, the The state sold off some public ground, Uh, and and I'm not—I want to say Utah, maybe. This might have taken place Uh in Utah, but I'm not 100% sure. But surrounding—in this area where all this public land was, there was um, small towns, a couple small towns, and the main— I guess the main income was, I guess, some kind of tourism, ecotourism, where, like, they had people who would rent horses out or they would take people up in the mountains and do some, like, backpacking adventures or or rafting adventures. And then when that land sold, these communities just all but dried up and disappeared because there was no income anymore because, I guess, maybe it was gas and oil moved in and took away all this. I wish I had more information on that, that, but... um, like you just reminded me, like, because you said that this economic driver, right? Um, that public land isn't just this land that sits there empty. It actually is used by people who spend money and stimulate economies.
1: Oh, for sure. And I think only now is that being really realized by a lot of people, even people within the industry. I mean, um, it's easy to be like, oh, yeah, oil and gas is going to come in and it's going to make all these jobs. It, it, yeah, it will make some jobs. Uh, Minnesota is going through this argument right now with the proposal to put a um, a mine right at the footsteps of the boundary waters. Uh, a mine that if something happened, which something usually does, could damage the you know wilderness of the boundary waters forever. Um, the fact of the matter is, is, in that part of the country, even now, our, our state, we're realizing that outdoor wreck is... A lot of ways, even more beneficial for generating income than than mining. Uh in right. fact, I think there was a, a US Department of Commerce report released last year that found that it's something like three hundred eighty billion dollars that gets added to the nation's, you know, economy through outdoor recreation, which is like two percent of the GDP and more than mining and oil industries contribute.
0: Wow, that's crazy. But an awesome number, if you know, definitely if yeah. you're a supporter of public lands.
1: Yeah, and, and if you look at hunters as a kind of role model for for pumping the economy to improve it for everyone, you just got to look at like the Pittman-Robertson Act, right? We, as hunters, every you know 11 percent of every dollar we spend on rifles and archery equipment and ammunition goes to preserving goes to conservation. Yeah. Now imagine what the benefit would be if the rest of the outdoor industry stepped up, which is something, you know, Yvonne talked about. What if the rest of the outdoor industry stepped up and be like, hey, we want to contribute just one percent. Yeah. I mean one percent of all the mountain bikes and tents and uh, you know everything else that people buy to you know, enjoy themselves on, on public land. If that was put back into conservation, I mean, it, it would be the greatest conservation success story
0: maybe ever. Yeah. And that would be awesome because, you know, and I'm sure, I'm sure you find out uh, from being on the board and from, you know, having insight into this organization that, you know, at the end of the day, money, money talks, right?
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So, what, you know, what else kind of went down at this rendezvous other than what you've already talked about? I mean, is this is this a, a time where the, the organization comes together and really, you know, puts the rubber to the road, so to speak, and gets a lot accomplished as far as, um, you know, setting a schedule or getting things done? I mean, it's more, it sounds to me like it's more than just, hey, let's sit here and talk about public lands.
1: Oh yeah, there's definitely business to be had I mean uh essentially day by day, so like Thursday night is when it really kicks off um, there are uh, this year at least kind of all the state chapter leaders uh, met together and hung out and talked uh there was a a what's called the field the table dinner which is a a great fundraising event where people pay um, to uh have really well-made wild game dishes served to them by some of, you know, the best chefs in wild game. But then starting Friday, it's, you know, boy, what was it? There was conferences all day, Friday and Saturday, whether it's, uh, for instance, like Ryan Callahan from first light and, um, J.R. Young did, I have done a great, um, little class on how to use a whole animal, right? There's, all kinds of stuff like that. There's also um, a chance for the the rank and file, I guess, state members to engage with the national board and ask, you know, what are our goals going forward? What are we doing about this? What's our opinion on this? And and it gives them a chance to really help guide the future of BHA. Uh, It's also a hell of a networking opportunity for not only individuals, but businesses in the industry, like First Light, is a huge partner of BHA. Uh, Ryan Callahan is a board member, a national board member, I believe. Um, so there's there's a lot there's some business uh, that kind of sets the scope for the upcoming year, but but also just a lot of engagement for people to learn new things and meet new people, and you know, it's it's just it's so much to take in in three days it's It just it's hard to even talk about sometimes because you're like, Did I see that didn't I do that? There's just yeah. so much stuff going on uh, it's It's an absolute blast
0: so you know we've talked a little bit about now the you know what b h a is this rendezvous a little bit what What are some of the I don't know, talking points that came out of this rendezvous? Because, you know, you had to mention, you kind of mentioned that everybody gets together and talks about the future. What is, like, I know, and I know you don't, you're not the official voice of the organization, but right. wh- what what was taken away from this rendezvous and what is the, the goal moving forward for BHA? Well, you know, just uh
1: Sitting there and listening to the the board members uh, the national board as well as the head of BHA uh, Lantoni take questions and answers from from BHA members Uh, a couple things were apparent one the 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 membership is exploding in terms of numbers every year right it's doubled every year so right now we're as um, how do you put it Uh, one of the board members said right now we're just kind of controlling awesome, right? Cause there's so much people are just so energized and we're getting new board, new members and everyone is just, is just getting at it and fighting at it. Uh, a big point of contention or a big talking point over the course of the weekend was something we'd already touched on, which is, I guess, what's kind of called the backpack tax, which is the opportunity for businesses outside of uh, hunting or outside of the Pittman Robertson act to, to step up hopefully from within. You know, voluntarily say, hey, we recognize that our businesses are built off of public land use and, and, and healthy landscapes. So we want to contribute. That was a, a big talking point. And I think something that it's going to happen eventually, it, you know, it might be a fight to get there, but I think it will. Uh, Yvonne, Yvonne, going back to the Patagonia guy, you know, he kind of put it right. He said, you know, they, they say that hunters and tree hoggers can't get together. That's bullshit. Uh, sorry if I'm swearing this out loud here, but I, I wanted, I didn't want to misquote him. So uh, he was, it was, it was really cool. Um, it was a real call to arms this weekend. This year was seemed to be a real call to arms of reaching out beyond just hunting and fishing and r- trying to rally everyone who,
0: who uses the outdoors. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so, you know, with, with all that said, um, why now? Like to, you have an open mic to the listeners. Why now? Should somebody really be interested, or you know, why should they go and sign up to become a member or find a board, do research, whatever? Why should people join the BHA? Oh, that's
1: a that's a super loaded question for me to answer. Um, man, I I think everybody. If if you look at the scope of history of of hunting, right, Uh, most of the wild game was wiped out back in the back by the early 1900s. It was almost gone, and hunters came together in the 19 starting really the early early 30s, and pushed for what became Pittman Robertson, which is funding of uh, conservation through firearm sales, primarily firearm and ammunition sales. Now you know, almost a hundred years later, we're facing a similar threat. Uh, it's we have we've done a hell of a good job restoring wildlife populations and balancing those populations within an expanding you know uh, human population landscape. Where the fight is now is is for lands, is for access, and uh, you know if like I said, if you're someone who hunts or fishes or Picksuckle berries, or, you know, just rides four wheelers does, you know, hikes camps does whatever, you know, that land is, is, is finite. It can be, there's only so much of it being made. Right. So we need to preserve what's ours. And it's once you look into it, it's very apparent that the organization itself is contrary to what some people might read online. It's very bipartisan. It's like you got, you know, People wearing make America great again hats standing next to, you know, dudes covered in Patagonia, Patagonia gear. So it's, it's a, it's a cause that everyone can get behind. Right.
0: Cool, man. Cool. So if you, if you are interested, what, what's the next step? You say, I want to be a member today. What should, what should, what should I do? Uh, Go to the website and sign up,
1: man. It's like, I think it's $25 a year for membership. Uh, check out your local chapter. Uh, if, if if you have a state chapter, give them a call. If you don't have a state chapter, BHA is growing. So um, we've had a, a bunch of new chapters start this last couple of years. Uh, I think North Dakota just got – North Dakota Missouri, I think, both launched chapters this year at their rendezvous. So uh, it's just a great opportunity to, to, to talk to people who have the same interests you are to get behind a cause and to get some boots on the ground work done. I mean, it's not all about simply lobbying in kind of, you know, the political arena. A lot of it's also going out as part of projects and removing a few miles of old barbed wire fence that doesn't need to be there anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, doing stream restoration projects, stuff like that. So it's, it's a cool, it's a cool experience. Cool.
0: Well, Mr. Dan Bourne, are you going to be taking advantage of any public lands this upcoming fall?
1: Yeah, yeah. Not, I'm not waiting till fall. I'm, I'm heading out uh, in a few weeks to Nebraska for some public land turkey hunting Nice uh, towards, the end of, towards the end of May. My turkey season in Minnesota hasn't gone that well, so I want to try to redeem myself in Nebraska. Um, and then I'll either be returning to Nebraska in fall for a uh, archery uh, deer hunt uh, that I'm kind of going out there to turkey hunt is kind of a way to help you know, do a little pre scouting for the fall. Uh, otherwise, uh, I'm always looking at Wyoming for antelope. I mean, I just love going to Wyoming and, and hunting antelope out there. It's just so different from, you know, hunting whitetail in the woods of Minnesota to, to going and hunting across the open plains of Wyoming is, is just a cool contrast. Awesome.
0: Well, hey, Dan, I really appreciate you taking time to hop on the uh, podcast. And for everybody who's currently listening, man, go to the blog, um, check out Dan's writings. It's some really good stuff, and uh, I'm excited uh, for more to come, man.
1: Yeah, you, please, everybody, use that hashtag, uh, hashtag the nation. It'll make it a lot easier for me to find you rather than me just blindly stumbling my way through Instagram looking for people. So I'd love to hear your story. Use the Use the hashtag.
0: And that's Monday's podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for tuning in. Huge shout out to Dan for not only deciding to write for the Sportsman's Nation and uh, doing Hunt the Nation profiles, Uh, remember to use the hashtag Hunt the Nation if you want to be featured, also his writing, uh, his writings that he's going to be doing, huge shout out to Dan for coming on the podcast and being a contributor to the Sportsman's Nation, also huge shout out to each and every one of you for taking time to download and listen thank you thank you thank you huge shout out to all the partners of this podcast Ripcord, Exodus, Deer Lab, Lone Wolf, Ozonix, Wasp, Lone Wolf, Ripcord, Exodus I've said them all please go out and support those companies because they support this podcast which means that I just continue to put out kick ass content for you guys not only from an entertainment, but from an educational standpoint as well. So, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you haven't already, please go leave a review on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts. What else, what else, what else? Social media, check out Sportsman's Nation and Nine Finger Chronicles, not only on Instagram, but as Facebook as well and share like click blah 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 share this with all your friends um because man the goal now I'm not sure what I'm gonna do but I think the next step is going to be fishing or waterfowl or I might throw my hat back into the video realm it's been a while since I've done that um not sure how I want to do it, but I want to do it. I don't know if I'm going to film my hunts or I'm just going to film a lot of the prep work that leads up to the hunts, but you know, who knows? It's digital media and you can kind of do whatever you want, whatever you want. That's enough of me talking because this show is over. So if you're going to be in a tree, please, for the love of God, wear your damn safety harness. Happy Monday.